Hey, you found us for the 400th time. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, since we last spoke, WrestleMania came and went, as did the McMahon family's ownership of WWE. Uh, The the NCAA tournament has ended, and we will talk about one of the Hurley brothers winning another national title. And uh, before we get into all of that, though, uh, Story that is gaining steam the last couple days the arizona cardinals had a former executive file a lawsuit in which he claims as part of it that the owner of the team uh instructed him and the head coach to deal with the suspended general manager of the team by using burner phones a la the wire um (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah you know, I I guess, you know, Kyle Odegaard, who we went to undergrad with, uh, mm-hmm. who's uh, used to be a reporter for the Cardinals, employed by the yep. organization yeah, now. Last couple years I was there, yeah. Yeah, now he works for a sports betting website, still as a reporter. Um, tweeted out about the environment there, and, and I know you've, both alluded to and been explicit about some of the difficulties of working there. Yeah. Does the allegation itself strike you as something that, that could never happen at an organization like the Arizona Cardinals? Oh, no, it doesn't. And, and I mean, in all honesty, it may happen at other organizations. What's that? It may happen at other organizations. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, like that that allegation, and that's the one that's gotten the headlines, which is kind of interesting. This thing is very interesting to me for a lot of reasons. Um, it, you know, is, I mean, first of all, it was a team suspension. And so if they break their own rules, now the NFL may have said, hey, you need to do this or, you know, but if they break their own rules of, hey, he needs to be away for five weeks. Oh, but, you know, wink, wink, he won't really be away for five weeks because we'll keep in contact with him. I don't know that that in and of itself is uh, a huge red siren. Um, You know, it's not good, but it's probably in the grand scheme of things, not that big a deal. There's other stuff in that story buried a little deeper. That is, you know, a little bit reminiscent of some of the stuff that's come out about the the Redskins slash commanders, whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hostile work environment toward, you know, pregnant women employees toward black employees. I can't speak to that myself. I mean, you know, I'm I'm neither. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm neither a woman nor black. And, um, you know, I didn't actually see that for myself. I didn't see it with others. Um, but I know some people who have expressed that, um, that's a dicey proposition to get into. I don't, you know, I don't know. The only thing I can say is that, you know, I don't, I didn't have very many, I mean, I worked there for six years full time. Um, and I can count on one hand, the number of interactions I had with Michael Bidwell. And so I can't, I can't really say too much about him except to say that, you know, he has a direct hand in who runs each department. And, uh, you know, several of the departments, mine, I know for sure, um, you know, are certainly they rely on intimidation and, and quote unquote bullying. You can use that term how you want to, you know, steer the ship and and, you know, 
40 years ago, that may not have been a big deal. Maybe even 10 years ago, it might not have been a big deal. But now in days it is. And if the wrong people have the wrong complaints, it, it could mushroom into something. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if it will. That's my big curiosity. Is, is this a two-day story or is it a story that will have layers to it because more people feel like, hey, you know what? I'm with that guy. I didn't like working there either. I felt retaliation. I felt bullied, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it could get interesting, I suppose. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where the Cardinals have not had a quiet business as usual off season. No, in a, no. And, and it's all the time. It, you know, last year with Kyler's got an extension, but he can't play right. video games and he has to turn in his homework. <laughs> right. You know, right. well, go go back to before the extension when he wiped his social media of every Cardinals reference. And there was, you know, a few months of like, well, he's never going to play for the Cardinals again. Obviously, that didn't come to pass. But, you know, that has been a saga. Um, you know, they're sort of loosely embroiled in the Brian Flores thing because Steve Wilkes joined that. I believe, or he, or he yeah. has his own suit or something, um, basically alleging, you know, and you would be, you would be more equipped to argue this than I, but, you know, alleging it might be hard to prove legally that, you know, he was pushed out the door unfairly mm-hmm. or, a you know, unproven white head coach. And I mean, yeah, he was, I don't know if you could prove that legally, but you know, practically he certainly was one year and they, they hire a guy who had never coached the NFL before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's been, and then you know all the stuff with that survey that came out, the players' association survey this earlier in the off season, um, ranked them you know right above the Washington Commanders, which is not a place you want to be ranked near. Basically, um, mm-hmm. you know when you're sharing space with Washington, that's not a good space to be in generally. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been interesting, and you know I'm just kind of sitting back smiling. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's um, it's noteworthy to me the lack of people rushing to the defense of the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, it's and, either and silent, or, it's silent, or former employees who are like, "Yeah, sounds right." Um, yes, true, true. Yeah, I mean Odegaard, Mike Jarecki, I know has had some critical things to say, and he was a significant Cardinals, you know, backer before he ever worked there. Mm-hmm. And he got a job there and, you know, they seemingly pushed him out. So you do wonder if there's some, you know, sour grapes. Um, and, and look, I'm not going to pretend that, you know, I don't have some sour grapes. I do. I didn't get pushed out, but I didn't like working there. Um, I, I mean, so that's always what makes this tough is that you can easily label any former employee. Well, he's just bitter that it didn't work out. I'm not bitter. I'm very glad to be gone, um, you know, but I, I wouldn't call myself bitter now. Yeah, but I but I think that also speaks to it. There's no like former employee talking about what a great place it True. was for them. True. You know, yeah. I it, it would be one thing if you had this chorus of negativity countered by an equal or greater number of former employees <laughs> saying, "Hey, look, I was there for a year, 5 years, 20 years." And they were nothing but nice to me. The the Bidwell yeah, family, that's, that's the organization, yeah. you know. And, and you would think that you could get that story out there if it existed, which makes me yeah. believe it doesn't yeah. exist. 
No, you're you're right. That's a good point, and it's it's also, I mean, I, I you know the the vitriolic and very kind of personal, not really kind of very personal reply to these this guy's allegations, where not only do you deny the allegations, but you then take shots at him, and you allude to you know family situations, domestic violence allegations against him that never saw the light of day, and and so that leaves me with two two thoughts. One is you're you're you know slandering the guy two is if it's all true why did you employ the guy for that long mm-hmm. i mean if all this stuff was going on and you knew about it uh why was he employed until 2021 yeah it's not like I mean, you're I, urban you know, meyer that doesn't make sense um no i agree so it, it's interesting and it's also you know from my standpoint maybe a lot of people wouldn't pay any attention to this but it's very interesting to me that they're they're handling this through an external PR consultant who, you know, whose Twitter account, you know, basically brags that they are experts in crisis management. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm, OK, uh, that doesn't make it seem like it's nothing. And it also makes me wonder why they aren't handling it through their own internal PR mm-hmm. the department that I used to work in. I'll reserve comment on that, but I have some theories. Um, it, it's just it's just interesting. I'll just say that. Yeah, certainly. Um, it, it, it there's the court of public opinion, and then there's like innocent until proven guilty. But in the court of public opinion, they are they they've taken every possible misstep. It feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I mean, I think you could easily have sort of portrayed this guy as an ex-employee whose career did not advance the way that he hoped. And now he's, you know, taking out his frustration on, you know, the organization and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I, you don't you start getting into the personal stuff and you start coming at him with with just this like retaliate. I mean, it, it sort of lends credence to things he said he felt retaliated against. Well, <laughs> this this statement that was put out certainly feels like it's retaliatory. Mm-hmm. It certainly feels very personal. And and um, it's just interesting. It just I I. Was when I first read the article before I even sent it to you, I clicked on the article and I saw that the response came from an external PR consultant, and I thought, "Huh, that's weird." Because I, I mean, the Cardinals have been not maybe something like this, but there's been some negative or controversial stuff surrounding the Cardinals since I was there, and even when I was there, and it always came from you know PR spokesman, team employed. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's just, it's fascinating to me. That's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I'll leave his name out, but you know, it always came from him. The guy who, uh, Pat McAfee is apparently not a big fan of either. I don't know if you saw that a couple months ago. Pat yeah. McAfee, uh, made a derogatory comment about the Cardinals PR guy and won me over for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, that Pat McAfee gives us a nice transition into WrestleMania. It does. It does. There you so, go. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder why I was so excited when I heard his song come out, and that's why. Pretty much other than that, I could care less about it. Yeah, so Pat McAfee was a night one surprise um, as the special guest opponent, mystery opponent uh, for the Miz's Open Challenge. (laughs) And and I would I would say that both uh, both mystery opponents were odd in what happened. Uh, so McAfee led to the George Kittle surprise run in, although 
as you and I discussed during texting, he had somehow moved from the seats they filmed him in earlier into the Mysterio family seats. I know, yeah, it worked out so well. Yeah, it's crazy how how he he took over Angie Mysterio's seat after she left, apparently. And then uh, on the next night, Shane O'Mac returned. (laughs) Yeah, briefly. And uh, really did not... uh, did not do anything that any other 53-year-old man uh, wouldn't have done, which is he tried to jump over the Miz and blew uh-huh. out his quad. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In a, in a touching tribute to his dad, who blew out both quads at the end of a Royal Rumble several years ago. Um, uh, you know, it was it was like, but once again, Shane can only be half the man his dad is because he only blew out one quad, I guess. Mm. And I'm stealing that joke from others, I will admit it. <laughs> But I, I feel like that's uh, between the the sale to Endeavor and the strained relationship that Shane has had for the last yeah. 15 months with the organization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the last image of Shane McMahon is going to be him missing a leapfrog. Uh and crumpling and yeah and snoop yeah. having to be yeah. the most alert uh wall high i've ever seen someone be <laughs> uh, yeah it was uh it was thinking on his i don't know if he had an earpiece in and and you know somebody could tell him i did read reports that people there heard the referee tell him to do the people's elbow spot so mm-hmm. some of the improv was not his improv um but uh you know hey it I guess WrestleMania generally has kind of some comedy segments and they were fine. Um, it should be the lasting image of Shane or the last, I mean, you know, like Shane had a nice run as a daredevil, you know, jumping off things and flying off high levels. And, uh, you know, he was pretty good for a guy who wasn't a classically trained wrestler. He had some great matches, but uh, he's 53. It's, it's when his music hit, I wasn't the least bit excited to be honest. I, I think they could have, they could have had, you know, that was a perfect spot for an L.A. night appearance, which apparently was on the table at one point and then scrapped. Um, like, that would have popped the crowd, and I just, I don't think we needed Shane McMahon. Let's move on. Yeah, I mean, you had no L.A. night, rumors of RKO, Randy Orton returning, no. Yeah, um, yeah, which kind of got quashed in the in the last, like, day leading up to it. I didn't know if, you, you know, you never know with wrestling mm-hmm. when they say, you know, he's not ready. It's like, well, wink, wink, he is, but we want to surprise you. But apparently that was true because, yeah, no no sign of him. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on Raw because Raw was horrible. But I was hoping for some returns on Raw, and, and we got one. We got Matt Riddle. But mm-hmm. no Styles, no Orton, no debuts. No NXT Big guys. E. No, no Braun Breaker, no Big E. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so it was, it was a... It was a highly disappointing Raw, but let's well, let, and, we'll focus on the positive for now and talk about the two nights of WrestleMania, which were pretty darn good. Well, this ties into both Raw and Mania is uh, no Bailey and and in, and an apparent, yeah. you know, maybe asking for her release. Um, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you, you know, because she was out for wonder. damage control for that uh, trios match. Right, right. She was in that, and and then you know. You always wonder if if some of that is like the blurring of lines between reality and and story. Um, does you know does she come back? 
as a different type character, you know, bitter about the state of the wrestling, you know, the women's division and blah, 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 you know, or, or yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty right now with uh, like, I feel like tomorrow's show is a significant one to see how it goes because the reports are that Vince was very involved in raw more than he's been in, you know, since his, his quote unquote retirement, which didn't last more than what, six months. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it was not a good show. It was, there were things being adjusted on the fly that, you know, Seth Rollins comes out before commercial to cut a promo and then that gets cut during the commercial. Um, you know, and he just, like walks away when they come back and like, it was, is bad. Um, and it feels like Friday's show is like a, please tell me Monday was just a, just a weird night. We, we had a great successful two nights. We got sold. Everybody was just, you know, maybe too, too distracted to put together a coherent show. I hope that's the case, but I'm not, I'm not super confident. Yeah. Well, let's but talk about again, Saturday night. The, the two nights of WrestleMania were fantastic. The, the Saturday show to me was the highest level of show. Yeah, totally. I think it was a 10 out of 10. Yeah. If you're evaluating, it was a fantastic show all the way through. You go home happy. um, You get the Cena match to open, which is, you know, nice. You got something important right away. Crowd pop for Cena, you know, kind of a, kind of a dud match, but, but mm-hmm. a star match, you know, you, you put a big star in it. It's like, all right, yeah, this is a good yeah. opener. And yeah, you, you know, you have him with all these kids and then he loses. Right. So you, <laughs> you make theory even bigger of a heel. Right. As I texted you, there's, there's, you know, there's something about uh, ruining the night of the, you know, doesn't make a wish kids there that makes you uh, get some serious heat on Austin theory. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a, that was a good opener. And then, then they, you know, they followed it with that the four four way tag team, which had no mm-hmm. consequence, but certainly had some like great action. Like, mm-hmm. It was it was on the go. It was guys flying around, big spots. Um, you know, you face win with the street profits, like well, yeah, and very nice and good, the good match. Dawkins interrupting the Braun Strowman, you yeah. know, trip around the ring. That was as big a hit as anything outside exactly. of the uh, ladder. To, yeah. <laughs> to to Finn, yeah. which we'll get to, yeah, yeah. One of the things that made night two not quite as good, um, but yeah, that was good. And you know, high flying. And then what was what was after that? Rollins, right? Rollins yeah. and Logan Paul was third, which was really good, and mm-hmm. and the result that that we needed, we you know, Rollins needed to get that win. That was the right result. Um, but you know, some high flying stuff. I I didn't particularly love the random guy who. Uh, maybe I'm supposed to know, but the dude in the in the he's a he's a costume. very good friend of the Pauls and also an influencer, which I learned yeah, exactly. from watching WrestleMania. Yeah, I had never heard of him. Um, you, you know, it's always funny when you do a, a celebrity cameo and you have to have your announcers shout who it is because it's like you know, oh, that's a like if it's a real celebrity, I most people would know, but you know, whatever. I guess to some people he's a celebrity, and you know. Uh, hey, as long as it played into Rollins winning, I'm happy. Uh, so that was that was good. Um, I'm trying to remember what was after that. There were seven matches. Of, well, I'm not counting the McAfee match. Um, what was was it the that? women's match? They ended match? with the, the two title matches, which were the highlight of the night, um, as far as I'm concerned. What mm. am I forgetting, though? Help me out. Was it the women's match? 
the trios. Well, that okay. That might have been next. Yeah, that was that night. What else was that night? Why am I? Why am I blanking on what else was that night? Um, I guess well, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll pull it. it must up. not have been that important if I can't remember. Oh, the Mysterios. Yeah, Mysterio match. I can't remember which order. Might have been the. It might have been the six women and then the Mysterios. Um, but the Mysterio yeah. match was really good. Really solid. It was a little surprised by the winner, but good match. Hey, Ray came out with a weight belt and he used it to spank his son. He did. That he was did. pretty good. And then, and then he got slapped by his mom ringside and, and the crowd popped for both, which is, I, I think I texted you this during, like, that is pro wrestling at its peak right there. And I say that sort of sarcastically. Mm-hmm. The crowd popping for a dad, you know, spanking his son with a belt and the mom slapping her son in the face. Like, if you can't love that, then you don't belong watching pro wrestling. Yeah, and you got Bad Bunny, as you called, uh, having an impact by, but total face move, not letting Dominic cheat. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. I thought Dom would win by cheating. Um, they went for that, the lead up to that, but didn't get there. Um, but that was well, good. And then hey, you know, yeah. The go ahead, go ahead. Well, it was a that? it was a go home happy night one. Like it definitely was, you know, overall Seth yeah, wins, yeah, street profits win, wins, Seth wins, the hall of fame women win, right? Ray right. wins, yeah. you yeah. know, Ray gets his come up, you know, Dominic gets his comeuppance from his dad, um, it, you know, and then obviously the main event, which we'll get to, uh, but yeah. And, and I mean, even the one heel win, which was Ripley over Charlotte, didn't really feel like that much of a heel win from the fans in the stands. Like it, it did not seem like they were upset about that result. Well, I, I feel like Rhea and Dominic are getting the the complimentary boos. Like they're yeah. getting booed because they're doing so good, and we're supposed to boo them. They're doing well, yeah. yeah. And I, I think there's also you know like the the people who. And I didn't. I don't really watch NXT much, but you know, Rhea was a big star in NXT, and I think it's like you know, all right, we're seeing the we're seeing the progression of a star here. We're mm-hmm. seeing somebody you know move up, and I also think there's some. There will always be a little bit of resentment towards Charlotte Flair that you know she was born on third base and thought she hit a triple, and maybe that's not fair. It probably isn't, but you know, just that feeling of like, yeah, okay, would you? You know, yeah, you're really good, but would you be here in this role if your last name wasn't Flair? Well, she she was great, and she was great in the match. Um, oh, she is great. I'm not taking know. any. I just feel like fans don't get behind her as much as – it's not a Becky Lynch story. It's not a, oh, man, she really worked her way through, and she you know, she fought her way up and made – you know, it's like, well, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, you're good, but nah, if your name wasn't Ashley Fleer, would you be in this position? And maybe she would. I don't know because she, mm-hmm. is, she is really good, but – she's just a better heel, I think, in that role. Yeah, fair enough. But but it was a really good match. I thought, I mean, that match started a little slow, but boy, the last, like, you know, eight, ten minutes were really, really good. And and then the, the main event was awesome. Just a fantastic match with a fantastic ending. Exactly, yeah. you know, the, the dream ending. You texted me before the match and said, you know, you hope Sammy gets the pin. Uh, what you didn't add was Sammy getting the pin on Jay. It was so perfectly done. Just mm-hmm. just perfectly done to end the night on a high note. Well, and he, you know, the the kick out of the 1D. Yes. Apparently yes. no one had done. The kick out of the double frog splash by KO. 
like yeah because there were moments that it really did think like I mean, there were a couple moments like i thought they were going to win but you weren't totally sure they could have gone the other way which they did the next night um and it's like well you know maybe this is going to be all a build-up for for like i'll keep waiting so to see them actually have that triumphant moment and look totally acknowledging that yes it's scripted yes it's you know i i realize that but those two guys have worked their way up for years and years and years in anonymity and to get that moment in the main event of wrestlemania night was was pretty darn cool for them yeah it was an incredible moment as a you know as a fan yeah yeah i mean you just you respect the the journey um you know it's not it's not a team winning the Super Bowl. I realize, you know, the, the result was predetermined. I totally get it. But there was also a lot of work that went into those two guys, you know, getting that moment for decades. Um, and, you know, good friends in real life. They've, you know, kind of gone through the ranks together from Canada and, you know, small towns and small, you know, companies. And, uh, you know, it's just it's it's cool to see that. That's that's why fans it's again, it's the opposite of Charlotte Flair. It's the feeling of like, man, you really earned this. Sort of like Daniel Bryan a decade mm-hmm. ago. Absolutely. Um, so night one ends with a, you know, go home happy event, which brings us to night two. Opens with Lesnar versus, versus Omos. Um, I Lesnar made Omos look good, but still won. Um, yeah, it was a it was a spectacle match. It was a you know. It was kind of like the first night. Crowd pop. Um, this time the face got the win. Well, he was a face that night. He's not anymore. Um, but, you know, he, he pulls off the lift Omos. Like, all right, five-star classic, no. But if you were expecting that, it was, must have been your first night watching wrestling because that's not what he does. I was listening to um, the Ringer Wrestling Podcast uh, recap, and one of the things they talked about about what this means for Omos, even in the losses. Sometimes you just need to see a guy in the ring with other guys yeah. to feel like, oh, he's a big, he's a big deal now. And I sure, think that match sure. did that, you know? I agree. I think it's, I think it's a little bit, I mean, different, different background, obviously, but a little bit like what happened with Owens last year with Austin. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, is it, like ideal that Owens, who's a current guy, gets beat by Stone Cold, who's retired. No, not really. But at the same time, you want to pop the crowd, all that. But it just it just put him all the promo work leading up to that, and then that segment, and it kind of was like, okay, yeah, this guy can hang with the best of the best, and and you know, yeah, you could sometimes get over even from a loss. Um, that led to what I consider to be the worst scheduled match of the night the women the women's showcase tag match oh the women's form yeah 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 it was not very good like you got a moment for Liv and Raquel which was nice um Chelsea Green is is over as a heel which I like yes yeah um, that's, a, that's a funny gimmick and I wonder like they could go places with that I I enjoy that and yeah the fans are getting behind it but Rhonda actually hurt Shayna Baszler apparently hurt in the match losing her boot mid-match I they did nothing the whole time Ronda stood over someone outside the ring yeah didn't appear to touch them and then 
you know, for the last three seconds of the match, they were involved to to get the <laughs> yeah. you know submission hold, and and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't good. Um, I mean, night two definitely had a little bit more of a like. It was almost kind of like night one was your night for your you know your hard working uh, you know get the support you know Owen Zane Rey Mysterio. Uh, you know, on and on and on, it, you know, like, uh, you, you know, Lita and Trish from the old days. And it was like, if, you know, night two was a little bit more like, all right, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, uh, you know, we're, we're still about, you know, getting as much star power in here as possible. Shane McMahon, as we discussed, like, it, that's why night two was, it was good, but it was a step down, I thought, from night one overall. And then here is where, this is not my idea, I'm stealing this, but here is where it seems the error was made because you put the IC title match yeah. here instead of after the cage match because the Hell in a Cell match ended real quick compared to the time they had left. Yeah. And had yeah. you flipped the order of these, you could have told Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus to be out there for 90 Longer. minutes and people yeah. would have been fine with it. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. That was, that was the, well, Reigns and Rose is a great match. So I don't want to say yeah. it was the best match of the night. I, I think it, you know, if you take the main event out, then no doubt the IC title match was the best of the others on night two. I don't think it was even close. That was a great match, hard hitting, um, you know, like not a lot of aerial stuff, but some, uh, but just, you know, just three guys just beating the crap out of each other, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, you know, it's good. You got a legit heel and you got two faces, but one who's been a heel a lot. So it's like, you know, fans could take their sides. Um, well, that had, was a really good match, and, I thought. And, and this story of Sheamus going for the Grand Slam and needing right. this belt and not getting the IC title again, but and, and having Drew you know, pull him off of the cover, the would-be cover. Right. Just lets the story keep going again, if you want exactly. it to, you know? Yeah, yeah, you could keep it up. You could have one of them completely turn heel. Like, you could you could turn Drew heel. Maybe mm -hmm. he hasn't been a heel for years now. Like, maybe he becomes the heel. Um, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's got legs. And I, I'm, I'm, I thought maybe they'd give Sheamus the run with the title, but I'm also, like, I'm good with Gunther having a nice long run. The Intercontinental title had slipped so much in prestige for the last few years until, you know, he got the belt and Triple H took over the booking. And it's like, all right, you know, like, let's let's really make this feel prestigious. And whoever beats him, let's make it feel like a really big deal when it happens. Yeah. So that was a good match. I, I agree. And you're right, they could have flipped him. I still wonder if in some ways, and it almost it kind of even didn't work the way they tried it, did they push that Hell in a Cell longer into the card so that it would be dark for the entrances? Because the entra both entrances were like kind of ones you wanted to see in a dark arena, and it was still light outside in, in some ways when they had them. And it weren't, they weren't quite as cool as they could have been. Yeah. Um, well, let's... Let's we'll get to that, but let's talk about uh, Bianca Belair and Asuka. Right, right. Um, a good match. Bianca Belair goes over again. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, like she's good, and 
but there was just there was no story. We talked about it last. Like you know, there's mm-hmm. just not much story going into it, and and it you know even as the match like rolled along, it's like, well, okay, who's the who's the face and who's the heel? And I know in today's wrestling, the lines aren't as clear as they used to be. You know, when Hulk Hogan was wrestling and all that, but like you still like let me know what I you know maybe I'll root for the heel. A lot of people do, but like let me know what I'm rooting for, and it just kind of there wasn't much there. I thought. Agreed. That was um, all right, but, you know, yeah. Then you get the uh, Shane McMahon appearance yeah. debacle, which we touched on. <laughs> yeah, which I wonder if that was supposed to go longer than it was. I mean, I don't think Shane and Miz were going to have a, you know, 20-minute classic, but that's another one where I wonder, like, the scripting of the night just didn't quite seem to go the way they hoped. Yeah, so then you get to Hell in a Cell. Edge with the brute entrance followed by the you think you know me entrance was for me a huge pop. I thought that was great. I Uh, enjoyed it. I was hoping Gangrel was going to be there. That was the rumor that he was going to be with him. And I guess that that was either untrue or they or they canceled it late. But uh, yeah, it was cool. And and, and the demon entrance is always cool, too. Although in a way, like with such a long ramp and it wasn't that dark outside yet, it was like, like the, the demon entrance was great in NXT when it was like, you know, okay, he got to the ring pretty quick mm-hmm. um, and you could do a little bit more theatrics with it. Yeah. Um, I did hear that Finn was working legit hurt um, in the oh, match. The ladder? No, before the ladder. That he had, oh, before the, that oh, really? he had a, that. he had an actual like, leg or heel injury and had been in a walking boot earlier in the week oh gosh i hadn't heard that okay um but then during during the match you know okay edge traps the demon in the corner with the kendo sticks that's good hadn't seen that before that's like a new wrinkle a nice use and you know the call out of edge getting the ladder so that they can talk about how he's an innovator of ladder matches great um then he took said ladder threw it at Balor caught him right in the head and yeah. busted him open uh in a way that they had to stop the match i i heard afterwards he either had staples or stitches put in right then yeah it looked like it to yeah. finish the yeah. match yeah um yeah, it was it was crazy i mean i saw the the picture that he tweeted out you know of his head and and like yeah it was pretty bad i mean and, and it's a spot they do a lot uh, you know, guy gets hit with a, you know, but he must just not have gotten his hands up in the right fashion or whatever, because it, it really isn't like a crazy spot they did. And yeah, it just obviously couldn't have worked out much worse. Yeah. So you have a weird delay of like three minutes yeah. where the camera's yeah. just on edge. Um, yeah. And and to his credit, he at least kept going as it, you know, and if it was him on his own or if the ref told him, I don't know, but, you know, to get things organized and make it look like he's ready. So as soon as Balor's cleared, he's ready to go. And, and so, right. all right. So he's not just standing in the corner. It wasn't like when, uh, you know, Paul Heyman couldn't get the key for Roman, uh, on the <laughs> handcuffs. Right, like right. yeah, some, th- there was something yeah. else to look at. Yeah. True. True. No, he stayed in it and, and you know, they ended up pulling off a, a pretty good match after that. I mean, they still like Balor had the high flying spot off the, off the ledge there of the sale. And, you know, I mean, credit to him, man. I was like, yeah, that's, that was a pretty significant gash that he, he, you know, fought through. 
but it did just take a little bit of the Steve out of it. You know, it was kind of one of those, like, there was something, there was something missing in that match kind of already, it felt like. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because the feud was so long and stops and starts and all that, that it just didn't, didn't feel as big as it could have been for a Hell in a Cell match. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that, like, break in the middle, it was like, well, all right, you know. It's, like I said, night two just, just felt like it was a little, a fraction off. Wasn't bad. Just a few things that, like, yeah, didn't quite work out the way they were supposed to. Yeah. So then that brings us to the main event, Roman Reigns with Heyman and Solo Sokoa, uh, you know, at ringside Cody with at least initially no Sami Zayn and no KO. Right, right. Um, you know, Solo interfered, tripping, uh, tripping Cody coming yeah. off the ropes once yeah. and hit him with a chair hit him with the weight uh, yeah. belt is what got him ejected right, um, right yes, which i i did yes. love how michael cole explained why he could why the ref could eject him there is because the weight belt made a noise he heard yes. the sound of the yes. weight belt i mean i'll give him credit for that because yeah it was again like a you know oh he didn't see it but he heard it like all mm-hmm. right fair enough um you know and yeah that was i, I mean like uh, you know, the whole kicking the guy out of ringside is always one of those, like, well, he's supposed to be barred from getting involved anyway, so, like, kicking him out, and and I, I made the joke, I don't know if it was to you, no, it wasn't to you, because you were watching it later, right? yeah, I, I, I texted, uh, I think it was my parents, because they were watching, and I'm like, you know, well, you know he has to follow that command, they kicked him out of ringside, he can't come back, and sure enough, he came back. Yeah, so, he interferes. Again, at the end, obviously the Usos come in, KO and Sammy come in to save them so that everyone on night two could see KO and Sammy. Yep, and and, you know, that was a a good arc because it felt like, okay, ref bump, here come the Usos. Oh my God, he's going to win this way. And then, oh wait, you know, let's get rid of them and chase them off. And then Cody gets the momentum back. And it's like, that was really probably the point that I thought Cody's going to win. I wasn't sure. But I'm like, all right, we had the we had the failed interference, the you know the ref bump that didn't get the heel to win. It's like, all right, this is where the face wins, and I was wrong ultimately. Yeah, it uh, it ends with you know Roman going over, and After then the more interference, yeah, Heyman, Heyman distraction, and then a really not that well executed spot where Rhodes, for some reason, went to the corner. I mean, I yeah. know why he did, but yeah, like, but he backed he into a in corner. corner. He backed over the corner so that Solo could show up from from out of nowhere and give him the spike, and then Reigns hits the spear, and that's that. And I, so here, I mean, we finally got to it. You mm-hmm. know, what do you think? Did they make the right decision with Reigns going over? For that night, probably, but overall, I think not because. Okay, Ro- Roman's at Raw last, you know, on Monday. Right. When are we going to see him again? SummerSlam? The week before <sighs> well, SummerSlam? Like, what's... I'm guessing before that. I'm guessing I'm guessing he fights at the Saudi show, because the Saudis pay big money, and they usually get all the stars. So I'm guessing, and plus, I believe the Saudi show would be exactly day 1,000 for his championship reign. So, okay. I think it was 945 going in or something. So I, I think I read that, that that would be 1,000 days. So... 
I'm sure we see him in the build up to that and on that card. So he doesn't drop that title uh, that day. I if they I wouldn't think so. If they I mean, drop the the title at the Saudi show, that's yeah. That, so who do you put him against? I mean, I, and that's the bigger question is like if you know he's not going to drop the title. I mean, and they've done that. Obviously, they've already had some feuds along the way where it's like, all right. Well, that's why they had him fight the Paul brother, you know. Exactly. Or but, Cesaro, but, you know, like guys that's like, well, yeah, I put a jitter in match, but that he's not losing. Um, you know, do you do you burn a Seth Rollins match there? I hope not. I still feel like Rollins is the second best candidate, or maybe best candidate, to ultimately take the title from him. Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose I mean, you could do a Drew. You know, you could, I suppose, the second second swing at the bat for him, or if like if Styles is ready to come back, I suppose you could have you know Styles but, challenge. I don't think he spot Styles in this run because I um, guess I, I guess my thing, the reason why I have a hard time with him winning and going over is who is left, and, and I and I mean that legitimately. If no, you're not going to promote Braun I mean, Breaker and you're not going to have Gunther drop the IC title. Yeah, plus Gunther's a heel. Yeah. So that doesn't, you know, that doesn't work. Um, and I don't know that Gunther can be a face. Like, I just, uh, not right now. Maybe in a, three years if they evolve his character. But, like, you can't just turn him face. He's a he's a classic old yeah. school wrestling heel. I mean, I, um, could it and, be, you know, like, so. what you're looking at to me with this Saudi show is, like, Otis. And it's like a borderline yeah. comedy match. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, well, and, and I mean, I've, I've, I've thought about it. So, I mean, you know, in the, in the weeks leading up to it, I think I even said to you, you know, like, I feel like the story of Rhodes winning this quick in some ways, you know, he comes back from injury, wins the Rumble, he wins the title at his first chance to even get his hands on Reigns. They never had any physical back and forth before. He wins, and it's like, okay, where do you go from there? So I get it, but at the same time, I'm left thinking, like, one, will you will you deliver down the road on the Cody Rhodes getting his moment, or mm-hmm. will they lose interest? And that's the thing that worries me, because I think he should have that moment. And And, like, like you said, okay, if the if the long term plan is SummerSlam or even potentially next year's WrestleMania, what do you do in the meantime? Well, then you're gonna have Cody win. Him. You're gonna have Cody win the Rumble again to set I, up facing Roman again. In it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. They've done that before with back to back. I think Austin won back to back years or whatever. But with you know, the same still, champion like, who just beat you last time, so right. you're the you're the he's the number one, and you are just clearly the number two. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like SummerSlam's the time to do it because that would be, I mean, it wouldn't quite be three years, but he came back at SummerSlam and won. So you'd be, you know, you could you could say three years, even though it wouldn't quite be there because um, it was the end of August and this is toward the beginning. But, you know, I don't know. I It's a tricky one because I, I see the notion of like make him really have to, you know, fight through it and, and – about oh man the payoff is going to be so great when when you have that moment that it's like oh he came so close and then he didn't do it now he's going to um and there's also something appealing about the bad guy on top and everybody gunning for the bad guy but but you're right your point is well taken that like all right who's believable aside from rollins outside of Rhodes that, that you could actually buy 
they might have them beat Reigns. I don't think they have anybody else right now that's even close. I mean, Solo, maybe, I guess. Maybe, but, but why would he's he... so green. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. I mean, now you could go back to the you could go back to the Jay Uso story. Mm-hmm. There is that, you know, you could have a, a slow burn, and that could be your Saudi match. You do a little bit of a slow burn, like he's he's you know dismissive of them because they lost, and 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 they eventually you know turn on him, or maybe just Jay turns on him, and you get that match at at the Saudi show. And well, you, and that also up it in London potentially, you know, because like, I I bet he wrestles in London too. That gives yes, you the, that gives you also the reverse Jimmy and Jay from you know this, well from the Sammy storyline where well, it's you know yeah. where it's like yeah. you thought he was gonna go with Sammy well now the choice is do you stay with your brother or do you go with Roman yeah yeah you know? true, and true. He, yeah I mean that could work you could get some mileage out of that if you did that. And they put on good matches already, and you know, maybe you know, you you give Jay that that push, and maybe he doesn't win that, but then like maybe he wins King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Well, of course that that is the Saudi show, so that wouldn't work. I don't know. I you know, I feel like there's a there's a maybe Jay wins Money in the Bank, in, yeah, in London or something. You know, you give him that singles push out of it or something. But yeah, I, I think outside of that, it's just like. I mean, if, if you go with McIntyre or if you go with Sheamus, or, you know, like nobody's going to buy that, that they're actually going to take the title off Reigns for those guys. And they're good, mm-hmm. but like, you're not going to believe it. It's just going to be kind of like killing time until you get to a legitimate threat. Yeah. And that, you know, that's Cody or Seth. And it pretty much is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, and, and the thing is, unless you... they have something in the works for a year from now or something, you know, they're going to build somebody. But right now, those are the only two that make any sense. Well, and then you're going to have to go not just build someone up like that, um, but you're going to have to do it with either they win the Rumble and that creates the story. Yeah. Or you're going to have to get somebody who's great on the mic because it's going to be them and Paul Heyman having to sell you on this matchup. True. Because Roman's not going to be there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't know, like uh, the Reigns stuff. Like he is, he's a megastar now, um, and and his limited appearances have almost worked positively because I think you know the, the fans go crazy when he's there because you feel like, oh man, I'm at a big show because he's here. He's not on every week. He's not on every show. He's not getting stale. But at the same time, you do have to like, especially with the joint titles. That's the other thing that, you know, if you had, a, if you had two champions like you had for years, mm-hmm. you could have Reigns be in this role and then you could still have the universal title, whichever one that's on consistently. But when he's your only top champ and it's like, well, two weeks at a time, he's not on or whatever, you know, like eventually you kind of run out of steam with that. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I get the thought. Like I said, I, I think if you if you told me if we could fast forward either four months or 12 months or whatever and Cody gets that huge win over Reigns and it's like, man, all right, it was all it was all worth it. That's why you have him lose the first time. Kind of the John Cena and The Rock. I've heard that comparison. John Cena lost the first year and they built it for a whole another year. And then they had that match at the second WrestleMania once in a lifetime part two. And 
and Cena won, and it was like, all right, he finally got his moment. Um, now he was the champ going into that, but still, you know, like he got his moment, and and I, I feel like that's the long term game, but I'm not sure they'll stick to it. And then you also like, what if somebody gets hurt? Yeah. What if Roman gets hurt? I mean, I know you could always say that, but you built this so much. Like, what what happens if Roman gets injured? And he has to surrender the title like that is a total, you know, uh, you know, turd in a punch bowl, basically. If, if, you know, you build this up and like, oh, Roman, uh, you know, tore a muscle and he has to just give up the titles like a thousand days for nothing. Well, and I'm I'm sure they wouldn't do it. Certainly not with the undisputed t- combined title. Yeah. But. Could you see them doing it as a star maker for someone like a like a Montez Ford where Roman's dismissive, you know, Heyman basically he tells everybody to stay back, that there's no threat here. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. Don't bother coming to the UK. And he just gets rolled up, you know, like he's beating him down, but he just gets caught. And rolled up or something, and and actually loses. Yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm thinking, trying to think of a way. If it's not going to be Cody or Seth, right? You right. know, I mean, you, I I love the idea to the point of like the guy, like almost like what they did with Jay, mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, he's fighting someone who doesn't seem like he's on his level. Come on, and and you know, like you could even do like multiple matches where it's like, wow, oh, this guy is hanging and. He's a legit, you know, kind of what you what we're talking about with like Omos and with Owens, and like, you know, you get that guy over even in defeat, because you could go with that, but then it's like, well, ultimately he does have his help, and they cost that guy, and he can't overcome. But you know, and Ford is a great one. Like, you know, he could have some great moments. He could certainly work the promo angle. He's a good talker. Like that would make sense if you want to if you want to kind of kill some time, but give us a fresh matchup. Yeah. That's a good one. I don't think they'd take the belt off him for that, but I, you could, you could make it seem like, like you said, like, oh, this guy's no chance. But then it's like, whoa, does he have a chance? Like, he gets some near falls. When you've got Dawkins out there, like you, him, it also gives that. you something to do with Solo and Dawkins. True, too. true, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you have yeah. your little proxy war. They fight the Usos. Dawkins fights Solo. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean that would be an interesting angle. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, all this, all this is, of course, with the caveat that Monday's show was such a disaster. And it's like, uh, are we going to, I mean, that's the thing that is like, in my head, is like, if this is a long-term plan, and okay, Reigns wins because we're going to do this and we're going to give you that moment, but it's just not going to be yet. What if that whole long-term plan gets thrown aside because the old man comes back and decides he wants to do things his way and you know cody's fighting for the u.s title in a couple of months so i, I wouldn't rule that out I, I, say it. I don't know what you mean by old man the only guy i saw had a dark jet black <sighs> mustache and hair exactly and his and his dark hair yeah mm-hmm. good god he just looks like a total buffoon i mean that's just like a cartoon character um but yeah you know like triple h is supposed to address the crowd tomorrow that went so well on Monday because he did it at the beginning and what followed was maybe one of the worst shows they've had in years. Um, and short of him coming out and like giving an unqualified apology for Monday's show and promising it'll never happen again. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of skepticism. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. 
I, so I we'll also see. find we'll it, see where it goes. I also find it fascinating that on Monday they made Triple H go out there and say nothing's going to change, and then right. it's all changed because it's, all, it's Vince. Yeah, Vince is yeah. in charge again, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think the uh, the only hope in some ways has to be that like. Well, that show was in L.A. He was already there for the Hall of Fame and WrestleMania and all that. But he's not going to, you know, still be on the road with them. And so, you know, they'll have like we'll be able to get back to how it's been. But, man, if he's back in charge, like it's just going to go right back down the drain. And I have like I know it's it's fashionable. Like, oh, Vince is an idiot. Like the, the business is what it is because of Vince McMahon. Oh, absolutely. And he deserves all the respect in the world for making the product what it was. But he, you know, your, your time has passed. It's it's like anything, you know, like no one should stay in power forever. No one should be the quarterback of a team forever. You know, like, there's, you know, time marches on. It's time to move on to someone else. And, and it's past time to move on from Vince running the show in WWE. Yeah. Well, it ha- also, it has the feel of like, you want to protect your grandfather from saying the wrong thing, you know, at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Hey, in a way, mm-hmm. that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, but it was, uh, it was a great, you know, it's, it's one of those where like, what was it about early January or so when it was like, you know, Vince is, Vince is coming back and the rumors of the Saudi sale. And, and I remember even thinking like, man, we are building toward this great WrestleMania. Just, just get us there. And then, you know, it's like, it's almost like they, you know, the wrestling God said, okay, you got we'll exactly you a great what, WrestleMania. You got exactly what you asked for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, like, all right, fine. You can have it. Uh, but, but don't expect anything after that because yeah, Monday show. And, and I guess this is a transition. We could talk a little college basketball. Like I was more excited for that than the championship game. I was, you know, raw after mania and you get surprises and you get returns and new stories. And, and it's like almost nothing happened that was relevant except for the Lesnar heel turn, which that's another one where it's like, well, is he going to be on every week? Of course not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you start this feud with him and Cody, but like, when are we going to see Lesnar again? Is it going to be weeks? Probably yeah. at least maybe months. Yeah. No, it's, it's just to remind you that, Cody, as far as Vince is concerned, is still persona non grata. It certainly felt <laughs> yeah. that way. I mean, you know, and and I know there were some jokes, and I mean, maybe they're not jokes. Like, you know, I saw it on Sunday night. Like, you know, Cody should have never destroyed that throne uh, on AEW because, you know, Triple And Do I think there's a little bit, if we even just talk Triple H making the calls of, like, Triple H is the loyalist of loyal soldiers to WWF slash E. Mm-hmm. Do they really want to give the top baby face in the company spot to a guy who left and, you know, made his fame by starting a rival company? Uh, maybe not. I, I mean, I, I could see that there's a little bit of a like, yeah, no, not quite. And maybe never. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I could see that. And certainly to your point of, well, it's not going to be easy. You're not going to come back beat Seth three times, right. win the rumble and win at mania. And like that's would have been almost too, like that's the first time he's lost since he came back. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, pay-per-view at least maybe he was in a like tag match or something on TV, but like this was only his fifth pay-per-view match. I think he had the three with Rollins. He won all three. He had the Royal rumble and then this, and it's like, that's awfully quick to become, you know, the number one face in the company. 
So I get the idea behind, you know, slowing it down, making us wait. As long as we get that moment, and I, I don't know if we're going to get that moment. That's what makes me nervous, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's let's anyway, close out with Dan yeah. Hurley and the Yukon Huskies. Yeah. Your five time, five time, five time champions. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, you know, Bobby was in attendance supporting his brother. Uh, you know, Bobby's now got two national titles as a player. His brother now with one as a coach. Yeah. This whole tournament, to put a bow on it, made me think like. We weren't that far away because college basketball is pretty flat right now. Yeah, totally, totally. That's yeah. a very good way to put it. I, I saw that it was the lowest rated uh, championship game ever TV ratings. Why that I'm not at all surprised by that. Um, Meanwhile, the women's game was the highest rated it's ever. Women's been. was eight. well, and and I mean to me, there's a there's a stark reason for that. That's you know the women's game had some star power. Mm-hmm. The, the you know I'm not saying Caitlin Clark is. Um, you know, Lou Alcindor in terms of, you know, or, or Shaq in his college days or something like that. But she became a star over the course of that tournament and people wanted to like see her play. Whereas the men's game had no star power, mm-hmm. not on the sideline coach wise, or, I mean, I, you know, I like Dan Hurley, good, really good coach. Ryan Dutcher seems like good coach, but there was no, you know, Tom Izzo, Calipari, Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, you know, anybody like that that is like, oh, I want to see that guy, Rick Patino. And there's just, there's so little star power among the players, as we've discussed. I mean, I, you know, we've, I've beaten that into the ground over the past few weeks when we've talked college basketball. But no, I agree. We're, we're not that far off um, because it really, in some, I mean, I know UConn won every game by double digits, but like, was UConn really a dominant team all year? No. I mean, you know, they had a good run. But it, that felt like, you know, uh, probably out of the 68 teams in the tournament that probably a good solid 30 to 40 could have won the whole thing. Yeah. Which I just don't – I still am going to say it over and over again. I don't think that's good. It You know, it makes for a fun talking point when the tournament's on. Oh, anybody can win. But do you really want that? You know, like uh, if college football was a, you know – if, if when we get the twelve team playoff, it's not going to feel like all twelve teams can win the whole thing, and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. that, that's all right. I don't necessarily think number twelve should should have just as good a chance as number one. Yeah, I I also think all the talk of expanding the tournament, like why? Ugh. Why? Oh God! No. I, uh, there's only one reason, and it's and it's more money. Yeah, uh, you know, more money for TV. Um, it's a bad idea though. Cause I mean, you, you take an already diluted regular season and water it down even more. If you go to, I mean, they're talking 90 plus. I heard like, 96. Lord, you'd have, I mean, you'd have to do a 90 is the number I know that got thrown out, but that doesn't make sense mathematically. So you, you'd almost have to go 96 and give the top 32 a first round buy, I guess. Um, and how you would, you know, how do you even schedule it? You have those those first sixteen games, thirty two teams on Tuesday, thirty two games on on Tuesday and Wednesday. I yeah. guess. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I just it's a bad 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 idea. I I agree, and and because of that, it'll probably happen because you know again all of the all of the interest, all of the money in college basketball right now is about the tournament. So the more teams you could put in the tournament, you know, well you can you know you sell. Right now, there's 67 games. You you raise that to 95, and that's more money from Turner and CBS and whoever. You know, you open it up to bidding in a few years, and 
Disney wants in and NBC wants in and blah, blah, blah. And so it'll probably happen, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing we're seeing with college football. More inventory. The mm-hmm. problem with basketball is the only inventory that matters is the postseason, really. Yeah. Well, look, uh, Hurley won the national title. Say, happy for UConn. Happy for mm-hmm. Dan Hurley. Good run through the tournament. Glad, you know, glad they won. Fascinating run for them. Like five championships in 25 years, but a lot of times, too, they haven't made the tournament. They're mm-hmm. kind of a weird program. Like, you know, like I was looking since 2010, they've won three national titles. And besides that, they've won one tournament game in the other 11 years. So it's a kind of an odd program. Yeah. Three titles with three different head coaches, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. But but other than that, have not even seen the second weekend of the tournament uh, in the other 10 tournaments, I guess. We'll say 11 years. One year there wasn't a tournament, obviously. But like very strange. I kept reading like, you know, is UConn a blue blood? And like, I mean, yeah, they've won five titles, I guess. But, yeah. you know, they don't they don't get there every year like some programs. Yeah. I mean, I think they are a blue blood. But they're, sure. they're, you know, they're blue blood like Indiana, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, you know, like they are not, not a, Kansas, Villanova, not Duke. Duke, UNC. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it's just, it's an, it's an odd, uh, you know, looking at the you know basketball reference and their year by year results. And it's like, you know, one NCAA title. Uh, lost in first round, lost in first round, no tournament, no tournament, no tournament, one NCAA title. Like, wow. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's all or nothing with them. If they get to the second weekend, they win the whole thing. Yeah. Which makes you think ASU always has a shot. And I, I mean, I was about to say like, would I trade that for ASU? Yes, I would. If you said that over the next 25 years, we could miss the tournament 10 times, but win five championships, like sign me up. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even have to finish the sentence. I'm signing up. I would take one title and miss I'm, the tournament yeah. 10 times. Yes, or I would take five titles and missing the tournament the other 20 years. Like, yeah. That's totally okay with me. I could deal with 20 bad years for five national championships. Yeah. Well, look, we'll be back to kick off the next 400 episodes. Into- that's right <laughs> next next time around maybe just maybe a quarterback draft preview it's about that time I, it does feel like it uh, we gotta do it soon yeah yeah until next time he's matt i'm ben it's ben matt sportscast